am Dr. Rob McKenna. I'm Tim Wenzel. And I'm Ron Warman. And welcome to The Wild Conversation, where we make the best thinking in psychology, leadership, and organizational science accessible to leaders who are willing to learn and edit for their sake and for the sake of others. And today, we're going to do something a little bit different. We are going off-road. And I, I we haven't really done this for a while. I know I say that sometimes, but I do go off-road. And, and when you go seriously off-road, some of you know I drive a van now. And I've taken that van in places where my 20 and 22-year-old sons this summer were like, Dad, can we not go on this road? Like, they were freaking out in the van. And I realized on the way back down why I should have been listening to them. But we haven't done this for a while, so we are going to go off-road. Um, and while we're always doing that in some ways, uh, we're going to take this rig into new places. And um, it is, it is. Uh, and I, with that said, we're having a conversation. So Tim Wenzel and I have done a series of conversations on things like wild kindness, on difficult conversations, on transparency. We'll provide those links for you if you want to see those things. Um, so we have dug deep together. And uh, Tim has become a dear, dear friend of mine. Um, and at the same time, today, we wanted to take this one step deeper, especially on at the on the on this moment of the launch of the Kindness Games book, and to talk about what whole ki kindness is about. And to do that well, we invited our dear friend, Ron Warman, who many of you know, um, to help us do that together, to uh, to moderate, if you will, this conversation, because I'm not sure that Tim and I can always be trusted together. And so to to help us to do that uh, together. And Ron, in many ways, uh, we describe him as the glue that brought us together, but maybe it's more like the magnet. And I also thought about it. I thought he was the invitation who brought us together. So Ron, um, you're in charge, man. So take this away. Well, first of all, what an honor. Um, an honor to know these two guys, an honor to be part of Wild Fridays, and an honor to be part of a movement. Um, Lee and Tim were reflecting on LinkedIn after their book, uh, book launch, and I wanted to read you what I posted uh, to their LinkedIn. When an idea is launched, there is no guarantee that it will be manifested. If it is an idea that serves to elevate humankind, it may start out a mustard seed. Many will not be aware of it as it silently receives nourishment from those who see beyond the seed. It may be generations before this seed is prepared to fulfill its role in the garden, that is to move the mountains. To each of you that nourish this seed of kindness, may you re-member who you are in this moment and in the days to come. For kindness is measured in moments as well as in lifetimes. And our world is crying out for mountains to be moved. Hmm. I've been involved in the transformation of value in companies for over 40 years. And it disheartens me that I read reports that 70, 80% of the people in their working lives are disengaged, angry, not trusting of the authority that's over them, confused, depressed, 
their identity has been subsumed by a polarized culture and businesses with a machine model for managing their employees. And in the midst of this, five, six years ago, before the kindness games, I was actively involved in the security industry and I'd been stalking Tim Wenzel for years to be part of my physical event called The Great Conversation. And he and I finally teamed up, but he was explaining to me how difficult it was uh, to come out of the armed services and suddenly be thrust into that situation I just I just described for you. It was it, it was a visceral feeling. Um, you you would have seen it and heard it if you would have been in that conversation. And I'd like, if I can, Tim to go back five, six years and channel that again for us if you can. Well, thanks, Ron. Always appreciate your thoughts and uh, your guidance over the years. You know, we were polarized and moving in separate directions slowly before COVID and accelerated during COVID. But I, I remember I was talking to you and I was telling about a conversation my wife and I were having at our apartment complex with some uh, acquaintances that we had been friends with for about six months. And another friend uh, acquaintance came by and said, hey, did you see in the news this thing? And we were like, oh, yeah, you know what? We're having a nice time. Let's not talk about the news, right? And she said, well, I'm just bring it up because Tim has such interesting opinions on things like this. And they were like, well, what kind of interesting opinion could you have? And so I had just been in Europe for three weeks. I recounted a conversation that I had had and kind of pointed out that the opinion of this policy expert to the EU is far different than what our news is saying to us. So is there only one opinion out there? And their eyes got big and they're like, oh my gosh, are you a Republican? You are dangerous. You hate us. We're a married lesbian couple. And on and on and on and on the ladder of conclusions, they went up. And I said, but we've been hanging out for six months. Have you felt in danger? Honestly, why are we hanging out today? And it's these types of thoughtless frames of mind that we have an opinion about everyone that we interact with until we learn something that actually changes nothing. But we're conditioned to embrace or repulse. And then COVID happened. And it got much worse. And I felt like we were in ideological hunger games. And so I started the kindness games to kind of counter program the narrative and the influence that was out there that we were all forced to consume from the solitude of our homes. And that's that's the conversation we had a few years ago, Ron. And I, I, 
again, can't even imagine. And with that said, Rob, you had similar moments like that, but in a different way, your own way. Can you tell me what you were feeling leading up to this thing called the Wild Leaders Organization? Yeah, it's funny. I um, One of the things, Ron, that you know was a part of my vision, I think is this is why Tim and I are close. Um, first of all, is it's hard to be alone in a fight like this. Um, but I had this vision years ago and, and the vision was that we would all, and I mean, I'm looking at your faces. Like I, I didn't know who it would be, but I'm looking at all of us saying we would all be on the cover of a magazine I had picked. And it would say, all we did was focus on the one. And, uh, where that was coming from was um, something that a friend of mine, I remember never forget this being on a river in a kayak floating together in Texas. And he said, uh, Rob, you are all about the conversations that we whisper out loud that scream out inside of us. And more recently it had me ask the question is like, what is it that screams out inside of us? What is that thing that we we can't stop thinking about? What are those things um, that we whisper out loud? And uh, and for me, when I think about the the things that are really uh, that plague us, or the things that we think about in our hardest moments, are things like, um, why do I feel this way? There's really basic questions. Um, why am I hurting so bad? I feel alone. Um, and I also think what's interesting that screams out on us is also just, I'm trying to get something done. Like what I, what I think we don't talk about very often is the connection between our functioning and our, our literal, like in organizations, we call it performance, you know, and our souls. Um, and I had an experience this week, Ron, where um, Ron and Tim, where uh, I was working with one of our our client organizations, and we were looking at their turnover rates, and they were looking at data where um, they were looking at the people who had left uh, uh, involuntary. So these are people who actually were left voluntarily, and about a quarter of them, which is typical, had left because of everybody knows the answer to this. It wasn't about the organization; it was because of their manager. And the number that was in there in the data point was 30, 30 people in a certain time frame had left because of their manager. And when I looked at that number, I don't see a number. I see 30 souls. And, uh, and more, and more expansive than that, I actually saw 60 souls in that number because it wasn't just the person who left, but it was their manager. These are in what we talk about so often when we talk about turnover, we talk about the humanity of maybe the person who left, like they have a bad manager. But what we don't talk about is so the manager is a human being also. They are also a soul who need who has all those same things going on. And so for me, I guess the reason why I bring that up is because there is a an intimate connection between this is what I'm fighting for, I guess, and I believe so deeply between our progress and our motivations and what we're getting done and the things that the organizations that we're a part of or built and just our ability to get things like to achieve our goals. 
and the things that are deeper in our psychology and even our spirits um, that are so often divorced from one another. And so for me, like to Tim's comment, it's like that interaction between those things of what it means to be kind, what it means to bring a, a certain spirit of grace and joy and love. Those are human things that somehow bump into the robotics of our organizations and they get flushed. They get flushed. Wow. So what I'm intrigued with, if you would have been on the book launch last night, you touched a nerve, Tim. Um, I don't know if you've gone there or not, but I checked on Google this morning searching on kindness 412 million searches going on on kindness and guess what about 10 percent of those 40 plus million have to do with kindness and leadership people are seeing this as a tool in the toolkit tim can kindness is kindness something you learn or you're born with it can it be taught? And if so, how? I think most of us are taught growing up that you should be kind. <clears throat> but we conflate that with being nice. Two different things, not even in the same realm. Um, kindness goes so much further than how my social etiquette in this forum is. It's actually my ability to treat everyone as royalty, whether you're the CEO of the company or the waitress or my wife or literal royalty, like I've worked for in the past. Your ability to recognize the humans on the other side of every life scenario with the intention to create the best outcome for them within your ability. And you know, the funny thing is, when I started saying this three years ago, people would come to me and say, dude, you have lived your 20s in a war zone. You have four international incidents to your name that we've seen on the news. You know the worst of humanity. I am shocked that you would say that we can lead with kindness in every aspect of our life. But we can actively design the best outcomes for everyone we encounter, even if there are no good outcomes coming to them. Some of us have to arrest people. That's not a good outcome. But we can leave them with their dignity in the way that we do it. Some of us have to terminate people and put them on performance plans, have difficult conversations. And I would say it's unkind to leave a difficult conversation unhad because you actively contribute to confusion and toxicity within whatever environment you find yourself in. People see kindness as weakness. People tell me, well, the tools of management will be taken away from me if I'm kind to everyone. But kindness is a strength. It's not just a defense. It's not just meekness. 
It's a way to lovingly tell someone the truth, take their hand and put them back on course. So I say that kindness is strong and that we can endeavor to design the best outcomes for the humans we encounter every day. So kindness is obviously a spark that can stay lit and empower people when they confront darkness. But what I'm really interested in, because you've you've opened up a door here, Tim. Right now, most companies, like I said, know they're dealing with a disengaged workforce. Leadership development of all types have failed them. So the question on the table is, if kindness is the genome, if you will, how do we, how do we get people like Rob and Tim together to create a force plot, a multiplier practicum, a lesson, a methodology? to help us deploy this into the workplace where we spend most of our lives. How do we do that? You know, uh, the kindness games, we've developed the leading with kindness philosophy. It's 10 uh, tenets or, or 10 values that we use to look at life, every interaction, every situation, and understand how can I interact in a kind way with this situation. But Wild, on the other hand, and I'll let Rod speak to this, they have the, the toolkit for understanding yourself and your struggle and, and how you get there, right? Rob? One of the reasons, uh, Ron, that Tim and I became friends quickly is because I, I just wanted to say this, that, that both of us see the the complexity in something like kindness. So it's not about, it's not about making sure everyone feels like you were nice to them all the time. Like sometimes as Tim would describe that sometimes kindness includes pretty direct truth. And so it's, it's, he would, he, he talks about a much more complex view of kindness. And, and I think that, you know, one of the pieces of this is that kindness, like, like other kinds of um, outcomes that are that are deeply rooted in our character it is an outcome and what i think i'm driven by is is also is is to tim's point as well is like how how do you actually get to the point where you could be kind and i made a joke in the chat about it, am i when it was talking about am i nice am i too nice or not and i said am i hungry well it's kind of a joke but it's true right is like there are so many variables affecting my capacity to be, whether it's that manager, that leader, or to be someone who actually expresses kindness, that probably my extent to which I'm able to express that has either been fed or not long, long before that moment I haunt my horror on the freeway. And so I think that the reality and what we know, this is where psychology comes into play this. We know a lot about the, the fundamental drivers of our humanity, psychologically speaking, that connect to our souls. And so, so, so much of that, like I'm driven by, let's stop complaining about everything and, and simply offer people, way, you know, say like, 
to be kind, to be have empathy, but to say, how do we do that? Where do we begin to build the foundation for everyone in our organizations to express that? Because it's not as simple as expressing it. In fact, it takes so much courage to express kindness. There are places that will fire you when you are respectful of people. I know examples of this because it's threatening. And so I just, this is where beginning to, to see people and connecting their motivations, the deeper calling on their life, whether or not they have support around them, connecting that to their actual functioning in the job, I think sets a foundation for the things that we all hope to see in ourselves on the surface. So I'm going to ask you a question. I don't want you to answer it now. Perhaps you'll have a minute or two at the end of this session after everyone meets. But I'm also asking each of you on this call, are you ready to meet this moment? And what are you willing to sacrifice to move the mountains that need to be moved? Let's keep the conversation going. Thank you for listening to this wild conversation. To join our live wild conversation on Fridays, visit our website at wildleaders.org backslash wild conversation and subscribe to this podcast for regular whole and intentional leader development conversations. Have a great day.